essences of nature itself. What a strange person. Unbelievably powerful supercomputer that's running our reality and we don't have a clue yep. as to how to operate it. So when maybe you or somebody else creates an AGI system and you get to ask her one question, what would that question be? What's outside the simulation? Say in your mind, say to yourself, I am more than my physical body because I am more than physical matter. I can perceive that which is greater than the physical world. up here sound a lot different than they do down south you know it, it it's really hard not to say that like broadcasting from a shack on the top of a hill and all that i kind of miss saying it so i might i might just not even do that i might just say welcome just say howdy and start the show from here on out like uh because it just doesn't sound right i don't know it's hard to explain i said it for i was talking to the guest before the show tonight our guest uh wendy howley who's here with us i was thinking I've almost done like uh, 600 episodes of this thing, and I'm still get kind of nervous before the broadcast each time, and I, I don't know why. And I was like, oh, how am I going to like introduce myself this time? Because I've done it before a few. I think it sounds cool, right? Broadcasting from New York near the Great Lakes upstate because it rhymes. But then it just, the guy says all the way from the deep south. It is a little strange. The, the uh, culture here is a little different, but the people here are nice. And uh, I don't know. I feel like you guys ever feel like you skipped a timeline. I don't, you know what I mean? Like you, you're going down the road and you're doing this, uh, this life. Like say you lived a life for 10 years, 15 years, whatever. 
and all of a sudden this big change comes along and these changes start happening so fast that it causes you uncomfort and discomfort and uncertainty. Yet there, there's a little bit of excitement there too. Anxiety maybe. I wonder why we change into fear when that happens in our lives. Because you know when we were children, that when that happens, we got this whole big future in front of us and we have dreams and we're happy and it makes us happy thinking about what's going to come in the future. The uncertainty makes us happy because the possibilities are endless. It's like we're all powerful. Every opportunity can happen. There's no doubt in our mind that we could be happy as children. And the older we get, the more misery, the more things that we see, the more programs that get buried into us, we start limiting ourselves. And then we have to go through this wake up process. I'm telling you, they say the average lifespan is like 74 to 78 or whatever. I feel like I might be going through a midlife crisis or there could be some real change going on out there. I don't know. I am going to discuss this with our guest tonight, Wendy Alley. If you want to support the show, you can go to patron Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash LTV radio or go to lightingthevoid.com and click on the banner and support us. Steezy Stevie, my man, our DJ, one of our DJs other than Kronoks, got him a brand new house. Congratulations, brother. Uh, we did that sigil magic stuff on the show. I hear uh, the second, I don't know if I should say it, Making Bacon got a fantastic uh, job the second he is subconscious, forgot about it, and all of a sudden it comes around. Now it looks like a coincidence. But isn't that how it works? Congratulations on your house, Steezy, and uh, good job, Macon. And thank you to all the patrons. And thanks for signing up, Stevie. All right, so let's get this on the road. I don't have any other announcements other than uh, the Fringe Festival, which we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about that as the show goes along or when we come back from the breaks and stuff. Uh, we got the graphics out, too. They're amazing. Wait till you see them. All right, let's do this. So Wendy Halley's here with us. So for 20 years, Wendy has had a foot in two worlds, the clinical world of the psychotherapist and the dreamtime world of the shaman. And she is the author of several books, including Slaying the Mouse, A True Story of Healing and the Spiritual Realms, and is the host of the Lucid Cafe podcast and co-host of the satirical podcast Inside the Box with Claire and Wendy. Her unique approach merges ancient and contemporary traditions and is grounded in the idea that we are our own best healers. You can go to our website for reference tonight at lucidpathwellness.com or also check out the Lucid Cafe podcast at lucidcafe.transistor.fm. Thanks, Wendy, for coming on the show tonight. Hey, Joe. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm really psyched to be here. I'm, I'm psyched to, to have you on here, too, because we were listening, like I was telling you before um, the break, we were listening to your episode with John Perkins, and he was talking about how perception it just changes everything right and we've talked about that a lot on the on the broadcast too but i don't think i wonder just how powerful it is like when you think about things like the placebo effect it sounds so simple doesn't it well just change your perception but why is why do you think because you're, you're studying spirituality and you have a science and uh little psychology here too. Why do you think it's so dang hard sometimes? Why can't we just do it? Like, you know, when we scratch our ear or something, that's the way people make it sound, right? It's all in your mind. Just change it. If yeah. only. Yeah. 
No, it's it's incredibly difficult. I mean, if if it was that easy, right, the world would probably be in a much different place. But I, I think I'm I'm fond of saying that I think human beings are 95 to 99 percent unconscious when we're awake. <laughs> that yeah. we're just creatures of habit, right? We're just thinking and believing and behaving and reacting in the same ways over and over and over again. So it takes it takes um I mean it takes a lot of effort. How do you become aware of stuff that you're not aware of? It's tricky, tricky stuff. Yeah, but it is but powerful, right? It's incredibly powerful. The whole idea, I, I, I agree. I think perceptions are everything. The The tradition I, I studied, the, the, the frame for my, um, or the foundation for my shamanic practice is in Hawaiian or Polynesian philosophy. And uh, one of their, the main tenets of, of the philosophy is this very simple, but not so simple concept and and the the concept is the world is what you think it is the world is what you think it is so so what does that say to you well right now the world is kind of crazy that's that's the way i think about it (laughs) and you know that you're right because when i go out there like in my my immediate world it's peaceful out here actually those coyotes were kind of creepy but um (laughs) uh you know out in the uh on the news, everything looks crazy. There's fires, there's COVID, uh, there's it's the insane. vaccines. Yeah. No. yeah. I don't know. So, so yeah, it's, I guess the idea is that your, your thoughts kind of create your experience of reality, right? So your thoughts act as a filter. Mm-hmm. So there's the whole spectrum of experience that you can have, right? From the, from the most horrible terrible experience all the way to the other side to the most wonderful loving experience and then there's everything in between that all of those are happening simultaneously right but your your beliefs i think kind of create a filter and so you're going to filter out all the things that don't kind of fit into your belief system and so you're just gonna uh, like if if you have um a really pessimistic outlook the world is shitty, right? So yeah. that's all you're going to focus on. Your filter is going to fo- focus on just the shit that's shitty. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the shit that's shitty. That's it. You can quote me on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you'll miss everything else. All the, all the other, the, the wonderful it, things too. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, you folk, you, you don't focus on, yeah, it is that way. Right. So it, it, is it about like changing our focus? I wonder, or is it about sometimes just sitting back and like really listening to everything more? You know what I'm saying? We change our focus or can we listen to all of it? I I wonder if, if it's, if it's a matter sometimes of, of trying to identify what it is that you believe to begin with, like, like what are the things that are kind of getting in the way of, of you enjoying your life? Like, what beliefs do you have? And I, I, I kind of think that we inherit a lot. I call them like ancestral beliefs. The, these sort of insidious beliefs that are carried, <laughs> carried down from generation to generation. And they're so like, they can even be unspoken. And mm-hmm. they, they, they really color how you see the world. So example might be, um, nothing good ever lasts. So you're just always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Um, that's a bad one. Yeah. Right. But that's a, it's a common one. 
And so if you have that belief, but you don't even realize you have that belief, then you're, you're constantly going to be walking around the world waiting for the next bad thing to happen. But you may not even be aware that you're doing that. I guess that's the tricky part is how do you become aware of things you're not aware of, like I was saying before? I think, I honestly am starting to believe that humor might have something, might might be the thing. Humor, sarcasm, um, kind of being able to be <laughs> laugh at things might actually be the trigger to letting, to the doorway to letting things go or changing. So what I mean by that is, is like, uh, all right, so you're this guy that always, every time something good comes in your life, you say, well, that's just too good to be true. And then you have that program and therefore your reality says, well, he's right. Give him too good to be true, you know? And mm -hmm. then you become scared. You're like, well, you become aware that oh, I'm manifesting my reality. So until I get this out of my mind, I'm never going to be right. And I can't do anything. I might as well not do any of this because even though it probably isn't too good to be true, I know I'm creating it. And therefore, ah, you know, you start going crazy. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, it sounds like neuroses. Like yeah. Yeah. You're so focused on it that you can't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a fun way to live either, huh? No, but if you, I think if you can just laugh at it and just say, "What if I'm wrong about all of it?" What if I think I, that's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, like, why do we? Why do I think I know this all this stuff? Just because? Do we really have enough experiences to know the truth about this? It's uh, a great, and, great question. Yeah. Yeah, and then be able to laugh at it, but. I, I don't know. Like I believe intuitively about things. I think you just, you have to learn to let certain things go, I guess. So anyways, I, I think yeah, that's a tall order too. the letting, letting go. Um, I, I wonder if it comes back to trust. Oh, it's definitely. Kind of just like learning, learning or, or leaning on the idea that, that, um, that, you're right on schedule that everything is happening just as it should, even the crappy stuff and that you have the skills and the strength inside of you to be able to manage no matter what comes your way. Even if it's, I mean, you may have your doubts about it, but the idea is to get back to the, to the, the thought that, you know, huh, I can trust because I've had, I mean, I, I think we've all had at least one, really horrible experience and we wondered how the hell we were going to get out of that. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then we, somehow we do, we get through it. So you can kind of file that away and then you can lean on that later on in life. The next time something really crappy happens. And, and, and so trust, how do you know when you can trust something? That's a good question. I don't know if you ever <laughs> can, you, you might have to just trust in yourself or, and then trust in, uh, this is what I want to get into is like in the shamanism thing, because there's a lot of people out there to talk about uh, shamanism, but I like, I, I like how extensively you go into it on your website and discuss it about shamanic healing and shamanism. I think, um, when people say, well, my higher self, I want to, I want to get in touch with my higher self and I want to learn to listen to it. I think, uh, shamanism is doing a good job at allowing us to get to it in different ways where people might say, well, shamanism is outside the box of religion, but it is, isn't it pretty much like one of the oldest religions on the planet? I actually 
don't go down that road. I, I think you can make it into a religion, but I, I, well, not a religion, but you know what I'm saying? A practice. Yeah. A spiritual well, it's a spiritual, it's a, you could consider it like a spiritual practice or technology and because of the nature of it. Um, but it's, um, uh, you can add dogma to anything and make it kind of a, a religion. And, right. and certainly there are shamanic traditions that do that. But if you just strip it down to its basic practice, it's, um, it's, it's a really intense form of meditation. Hmm. Okay. That's entertaining as hell. <laughs> yeah. So what about, <laughs> what about psychedelics? Are you down with, uh, like the DMT and stuff like that, that everybody talks about and, and, uh, shamanistic practices, plant medicines. Am, how about that? Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a big supporter of psychedelic assisted therapies. I, I'm, I think it's, um, really important to go into that experience with, with, uh, with some guidance and uh, a strong intention. I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't see the, the, uh, I don't, I don't know if using it recreationally is always the best, the best way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you're on the edge with your mental health. I like if you're having a midlife crisis like me and you're like, you know what, (laughs) next week, I think I just want to do some mushrooms, right? (laughs) Uh, well, you could certainly do that, but I mean, if you do it with with intention and you have you have somebody kind of helping you go go through the experience, then then I think you can it's uh, you can really take advantage of of that experience and uh, um yeah, it come out of come out of it with a tremendous amount of insight that will hopefully you will will carry you beyond just like a a fun kind of hey. I went into the woods and laughed a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I guess not a bad thing either. No, but, it's not. It's healing, I think. But there's uh, also there's also this idea of, of having respect for the plant, right? And the, mm-hmm. the essence of the plant. And um, sh- shamanic practice really is all about relationship. It's about being in relationship with the natural world. Yeah. You know the, the your community, the people around you, and of course yourself. And then, if you have a shamanic practice, you're developing a relationship with uh, your allies in the uh, in the uh, dreamtime realms. And and those allies can take the shape of plant medicines or plant allies. Talk to me a little bit about that. Allies are these when you hear people talk about uh, I I saw this person or I saw this character that I recognized before, but I really don't know who they are. Um, are those typical allies or what do you mean by that? Uh, well, what I, what I mean by allies are just like spirit helpers. Uh, the characters that show up when you're in a, a shamanic trance state and, um, uh-huh. could be, you know, they could take lots of different forms. They can be ancestors. They can be animal spirits or plant spirits, trees, all, all kinds of spirits. Um, yeah. And they, uh, you, you, they kind of step forward to be of service to you and, and then you develop a relationship with them and they have gifts and they, um, well, they, I mean, they, they all have different sort of, um, I guess, well, 
yeah, they, I'll just leave it at they have different gifts. They have different I don't gifts. Know what I, was about well, to say. I got a little lost there for a second. Well, I mean, it's okay. Uh, uh, from what I hear about the psychedelic experience, for sure, a lot. I got these guys that do the <clears throat> YouTube channel called Dreaming Jaguars, and they, they, I said, you know what you guys ought to do, man? When you guys get into the state and you're talking to each other, whether you're coming in or out of it, I want to hear what you're talking about. You know, so I got the, some recordings from justin and his partner there and i listened to them talk they're from england and it's fascinating listen to them trying to explain you can tell it profoundly affected them right like profoundly but listen to listening to them trying to put words to it is something else because i I, I really think they went somewhere where you can't do that you know yeah it is really hard to articulate those experiences they're they're so personal a lot of times they're so intimate and it's they're abstract they can be really abstract but but let me also put out there that i've actually um i don't have psychedelic experiences i Mm -hmm. I mean i've never had any except for one i did try salvia divinorum once okay but but other than that um i i've never done any psychedelics so, but are, so, but you do believe in like? Do you think that they're good? They're uh, purposeful. I like. I think absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially like spores and stuff. They've already looked into the the studies on that. How it's helping people post traumatic stress and things like that. And I really feel like the last time I had a psychedelic experience was uh, with LSD. It was also, I was. Uh, I think I was like twenty two, twenty three, something. I don't know. But I do remember that it completely changed my life. Uh, I'm not yeah, playing when heard, I say yeah. that. Like, it just, I wasn't, I was one person when I went in. And then when I got done, I was a totally different person. And when I say different, I mean, my, my mind was more open. I was more loving and understanding. And I, I, don't, I don't even think in like a flower child type of way, more of a, in a curiosity type of sense. Or like everything I knew wasn't really what I knew. And it made me happy for some reason, you know? No, it makes perfect sense. And that's that's what's what I think is compelling about a shamanic experience. And you can consider that a shamanic experience to me, a psychedelic experience. Um, because you're traveling from one reality, the physical reality, to another reality, you could say. And when you have that experience, it's yours. It's an intimate personal direct experience and and when you have an experience like that it it can transform you and you're i mean it's not like reading a book about somebody's experience you're actually having the experience um it's uh it's not yeah. an intellectual process is i guess what i'm trying to say it's it's a it's a it's a full experience on every level and so okay so that's yeah, I want to get deep into this. I love talking about this stuff because I got another guy that comes on, Frankie Fearless from, uh, you know, I Am We Are Fearless. And he'll just, I'll, I don't even have to say anything, right? I can bring him on the show. And I'm like, <laughs> what's up, Frank? Right? And just let him And he talk. just goes off. Oh, man. Yeah. And he goes on and on and on and on. And he can describe, He well, just hearing him describe, trying to describe everything. Space Jesus, uh, the fact that we're within ourselves, within ourselves, and we are it, you know, and then he just keeps, it's so awesome listening to him talk about it though. And it's like, 
why are we all not doing this? You know, why are we all not like trying to get to that level? And I'm not saying everybody, you know, do ayahuasca or uh, have a psychedelic experience, but why are we all not wanting to be at that level of um, understanding and curiosity at the same time? You know, it's a great question. Another great question. That you, yeah, that you I, just don't have the answer for, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my, my not-so-secret wish is that everyone become their own shaman. I mean, not necessarily learn how to do healing techniques, but just learn the technique of, of being able to alter your consciousness and, and travel to these other realms and get to know yourself in these really deep ways. It's, it's uh, very powerful. Now, you can do that without the psychedelic experience? Yeah. Oh, wow. See, we, that's what we should have. That's what we're definitely going to talk about when we come back after this break. Right, for sure. We'll be right back, guys. Stay with us. More like the boy coming up. Dave Cruz, host of the paranormal media show, Beyond the Strange. Over the past five years, Beyond the Strange has interviewed numerous witnesses to the paranormal, such as UFO abduction, alien aircraft, ghosts, and spiritual visitations, Bigfoot, and other cryptids. Also, Beyond the Strange has interviewed famous researchers and authors that have shared their experiences of the strange and the bizarre. Visit www.beyondthestrange.com for more information about the show, schedules, guests, and chat. Beyond the Strange airs Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 Eastern, right here on the KTLK Digital Broadcasting Network, The Fringe FM. And remember, always stay strange. Sure, you have a great product, but did you know thousands of times a day advertisers try to get in your head and you really don't remember the product or the service? The Draw Shop knows your message needs to be watched and understood to convert viewers into buyers. The Draw Shop produces powerful, animated, and affordable videos. Single-person businesses working out of a converted garage to Fortune 500 companies have used The Draw Shop to make videos that are impossible to be misunderstood. Whiteboard animated videos turn viewers into buyers and believers using proven neuroscience, psychology, and highly refined marketing knowledge. Viewers take action. And with a compelling animated video from the Draw Shop, conversions are three to five times the national average. The Draw Shop. Call 844-619-3729 or visit thedrawshop.com. That's thedrawshop.com. The Fringe FM isn't just a radio station. We also provide services for all your audio production needs. If you're interested in live radio or pre-recorded podcasts, we're here to help. We even do audio enhancements and voiceovers if needed. If you want to do a podcast or live radio show and even want the option to syndicate on terrestrial radio from simple audio file enhancement to live production and call screening, we have you covered. 
we have worked with some of the best professionals in the business in order to provide coaching instruction for content creation, show structure, and more. Contact The Fringe Digital Media for more at info at thefringe.fm. That's info at thefringe.fm. Or call 501-777-5631 for a consultation. Hey, this is Amalia from Know the Self Mystery School. I know that you are in the midst of massive change. We all are. This is the great turning, the time that we all decided to be here on the planet. Do you know why you came here to be a part of this crazy time? If not, I invite you to join my mystery school. I have a nine-week course called Activate Your Mission. And in this course, you're going to learn how to erect crystal clear boundaries so that you can hear that inner still voice that's going to guide your every move. Even if you're dealing with feeling weighed down by obligations and being enslaved to the system, this course is going to give you the tools you need to illuminate your shadow and awaken to your soul's mission. The moment you sign up to the school, you are going to be greeted by not only a group of soulful spiritual lawyers, but you're also going to get some massive karmic clearings and you're going to feel the energy. It's palpable. I hope you'll join me in the school where together we're going to unlock your divine mission. Activate your mission by going to thefringe.fm forward slash soul mission and put in the code word fringe and receive $50 off today. This is Jason Lindgren from Crow 777 Radio and you're listening to The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative, between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM, thefringe.fm, and www.thesecretteachings.info. show comes on right after this broadcast Monday through Friday night the secret teachings with Ryan Gable it comes on at 2 a.m. Eastern time 11 Pacific a little different going on at midnight each night our guest tonight Wendy Hale I say your name right Hallie Hallie why do I keep thinking Hale I don't know I I said that's why I asked you before the broadcast I was like well how do you pronounce your name (laughs) Because you know how like your uh, your your mind will say it'll keep saying something over and over again, no matter how many times somebody tells you something. I hate that. Totally. Um, yeah, I know it's a drag. And I heard your name too before I even asked you. So it's Hallie. Yeah, you can call me whatever though. I'll answer to whatever. Hallie, Wendy, Hallie. Uh, that's a cool name, Wendy. Thanks. Hallie. All right, so let's get down to brass tacks here. How do yeah. you get to these states? These altered states. <laughs> Without, well, you know, doing without any, any assistance, without right. any substances. Right. Um, well, I, I, the safest, easiest way is sound. Really? So it's a, it's, um, 
what I use now, although I don't always need it anymore because I've been doing this for so long, I kind of kind of have have sort of a little bit of access almost probably all the time. It's almost it's right there. Um, but but the uh, the sound I use and that's it's kind of uh, universal around the world is a uh, a drum beat or a rattle beat that's uh, five to seven beats per second and uh, or four to seven beats per second, which is um, like four to seven hertz and puts you into a dominant theta brainwave. So when you're asleep and in theta, you're dreaming. And when you're awake and in theta, you're visioning. So um, that's that's how I, I started learning how to, to, uh, to do it intentionally is with the drum beat. Ah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. the drum beat is different. I'm used to things like uh, uh, hemi-sync or listening to binaural beats, but the drum beat you're saying does something. See, I, th- I knew there was something to that. I knew it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's old medicine for sure. So do you, can you beat on your own drum and get to this state or do you have to have somebody else beat on a drum or what? How does that work? Now now I can, I, in the beginning, no, I would, I would, I wouldn't be able to hold the rhythm because I'd be, it would be too distracting and I would lose it. Um, trying to split my attention in two different directions. Is it, I mean, the, the, the whole practice is really, it's a discipline. So you have to kind of really learn how to focus. It's so the, the, the focus is so intense um, that you can, you can easily get distracted. Um, yeah. I used to do that at rave parties, but I think I was on acid then too. So, <laughs> you know, like yeah, get into the beat how they have the hard, there's something about the oh, beat, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I know there's something about, there's something about like the mute, that music or the beat or the sound of the music that causes <clears throat> some type of uh, I don't know how to explain it, sacred feeling, and then you can see uh, a tribal energy begin to happen. In other words, what I'm saying is like, I don't know how different it is, but like at a rave scene, when you have a DJ and they're playing some kind of house music and it's three in the morning and half everybody's on ecstasy and the other half aren't, it doesn't really matter. What what right. matters is, is it's like the <clears throat> you notice the beat, uh, the, and people, they like this build up to the beat and then they like to hear the beat drop. And then they all start, you, if you're, I was sitting on these like steps one time looking over the crowd at a rave party and you can see how they all start kind of moving in unison, like in a wave. Right. And maybe my mind was putting it all together or I don't know, but it sure did feel like to me that there was something to the music itself and the beat that was bringing everyone's energy together in the same fashion. Well, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. Indigenous people have been doing for thousands of years, right? Is banging on drums in unison and chanting and, and, uh, and dancing. Yeah. And, and going into altered states. Right. So kind of like that, that was the early rave, I guess. Yeah. The early rave parties. That's a really good way (laughs) to put it. Right. Because, because, um, we, if we're right about the fact that we live in this this state in the physical realm of separation, and that the separation is the only thing that keeps us from love, and it's the only thing that keeps us um, in a state of suffering, 
things like music, beats, sound, stuff like that, that brings us all together. It makes sense to me. I'm afraid I'm going to yeah. say something stupid, but it makes total sense to me in my mind right now. <laughs> you know? You're not, it makes perfect sense to me too. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, if you add the natural world to that, then you got a perfect mix, I think. Cause that's, that's another unifying thing that, cause we, everybody, you know, when they, when they have the opportunity to spend some time with some trees or next to some water or something that they, uh, it, it also kind of alters you goes in, you go into this very relaxed, peaceful place. Yeah. And if you're doing all that outside is what I'm saying. That's good stuff. That's why I like to play golf because it feels like I'm in nature. I think. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, unless you're doing indoor golf, then you wouldn't be. Right? No, but uh, you have to do a little ritual like, before you hit the driver every time. That's kind of like shamanism, right? You do a little ritual. <laughs> yeah. If, or superstition, right? Is that, is that yeah. if you don't do the ritual, do you feel like you're going to fuck up your, well, your, uh, uh, I feel like, well, it's too late. I, I was, I'm supposed to hit the red button on F bombs, but you got, you got a point. There. Oh, sorry but, about that. No, it's fine. <laughs> But do I feel like, do I feel like I'm going to F up? You know what? I do. That's the point. That's going back to the mind thing again. It's right before I hit the ball, right before the, right before the club hits the ball. It's like, mm -hmm. did I do the ritual? Wink. Nope. I didn't. There it goes. Right. Like, so you sliced it. But if you, for some reason, when you set in and you do that little ritual and it's like, like a moving meditation that calms you down and you get in the field. And then you step up to hit the ball. You just have more control, but you're kind of letting go at the same time. But that also kind of ties back into the, the concept of the world is what you think it is, right? So if you believe that you have to do that ritual in order to hit well, then there you go. There's yeah, the belief you, you, factor, right? The exactly. Placebo. Yeah. That that's attached to the, the, the behavior. Well then if you do, so I'm on your website at lucidpathwellness.com and the first thing that you come to the menu there is like energy medicine and you got this really cool room that you're talking about energy genesis healing with light and sound. Um, I get, I'm trying to figure out at what point does the healing happen? And I don't, just bear with me. I, I want to know what you think about this. So say a person has some like depression uh, or some deep emotional trauma or something like that. And they go into, um, a room like this and they start having an energetic session with light and sound. What do you believe is actually taking place biologically or neurologically in the brain or whatever? Is that where the healing takes place? Is it emotionally? Like I'm trying to figure out <laughs> the real analytical stuff here, you know, like, where does it take place? Is it just because you feel peace and you decide that it's gone? Because this stuff doesn't really make sense to me how it leaves sometimes. Okay. So so um, what you're referencing is at my, on my website, there are two, two different um, kind of subjects, mm -hmm. uh, two different modalities that I offer at my wellness center. And one of them is called the energy Genesis. It's a vibrational medicine or energy medicine modality. Um, it's, uh, a, a huge 
chamber that uses light and sound. Yeah. And the uh, what the research has shown is happening to you when you're inside the chamber is that your autonomic nervous system is starting to reset and balance. And then um, your body goes into self-healing mode. And so you start healing on the physical level, the emotional level, and then toxins start off-gassing from your cells too. So you have to drink a lot of water after your session. But the, the thing to keep in mind is that the chamber itself isn't doing anything other than creating this environment that's optimal for self-healing. So like when, you know, when you're, uh, when you're sick and you want to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That that's basically your body wanting to go into self self-healing mode. So that's what this chamber does is it puts you into, into a really deeply relaxed state and an altered state so uh-huh. that your body can start healing itself. Um, gotcha. And that's what I, that's what I love about it is because it, 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 you don't need a diagnosis. You don't need, uh, any human intervention. It's just you and these frequencies and your body uses them. You know, your body's wisdom kicks in and starts doing its thing. And, so it's um, all about and it, the actual rest and relaxation that you go into. Yeah, that's, 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 uh, I, um, I love that thing. Yeah, it's really cool I looking. Just, I know it's it's a it's a trip. I was I was in it yesterday, having a session. Um, yeah, so that's that's um, that's healing on the energetic level, and which to me is very different than healing on the shamanic level. And if you if you want me to kind of describe what I think the difference is, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, please. You want me to? Okay. Mm-hmm. So to me. Um, when I'm, and, and I'm, I'm kind of an outlier probably in a lot of ways with my shamanic practice over the years, I've, I've, um, I've come to some conclusions that seem to not necessarily, um, mesh with a lot of my shamanic practitioner colleague, colleagues. Um, so to me, when I'm in an altered state and connecting with, with someone, um, in the dream time, in other words, I'm having this waking dream to do healing work. Um, I'm working at the level of consciousness or specifically, I should say the unconscious. So there are patterns that are playing out, um, in your unconscious, right. And, and the, uh, when I'm in a shamanic trance, I am going into the dreaming, uh, which basically to me, the dreaming realm is consciousness. So I am seeing that's the symbolic representation of those narratives that are playing out within someone. So let's say somebody's struggling with um, low self-esteem. Uh, I will I, I will see a storyline playing out where where an aspect of of that person is kind of stuck in this narrative that is um, that is uh, reinforcing uh, a lack of belief in themselves. And so me and my invisible friends, my spirit allies, my spirit helpers, whatever you want to call them, will step into that narrative and they'll start um, actually interacting directly with that narrative and they'll change it. So like I might see, because it's a dream, I'll see symbols. I might see symbols that represent negative belief systems or emotional stuckness or trauma. And my allies will step into that narrative, like I said, and they will start changing the narrative. So they'll, they'll take elements out that aren't serving that person. Um, and that's called extraction. 
and they may rearrange things, but a big hallmark of shamanic healing is power augmentation. It's reconnecting you with personal power. Awesome. I think if you've been if you've been on the planet more than two weeks, I think I think you start losing power. We give it away to other people unconsciously. We lose it because of stuff that happens to us. So by the time we're adults, we all have varying degrees of power loss. So the power comes in the form of these symbols, and they could they could show up as um, power animals. They could show up as nature spirits. They could show up as um, allies to help the person um, working with. Um, but anyway, all of this is happening at the level of consciousness. And and then the energy genesis, the, the healing chamber, is working at the level of energy, which is different. Hmm. I see them as separate. And, and a lot of people would probably argue with that and say that that's not the case, that energy is everything. And I do believe energy is everything in the physical universe. But when we're talking about the dream time, we're t that's out of the physical universe. That's that's a different place. So the dream time, the indigenous people would say that everything begins is created out of the dream time. And then it, it, uh, trickles that intention in the dream time goes into the energetic realm and starts to gather mass. And then that mass pops out into the physical as an experience or an object or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah, actually it does because uh, as because I've studied Western uh, Kabbalah or Hermeticism, and if when you look at or even kosher Kabbalah, that kind of sounds like when things come down from the uh, that top of the tree, like Kether, and that's they have four different worlds that things manifest down into, uh, all the way down to the foundation of what they call the lunar world or the dream world or where that's the world of symbols and blueprints and all that stuff before it actually gets to the physical world. Um, yeah, it does make sense. It seems like... A, yeah, that sounds very similar, yeah. Yeah, it all sounds uh, pretty similar, yeah, for sure. So... Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the, the healing chamber, the energy medicine, is working at the level of frequency, right? Okay. So the... the and, and consciousness is working at the level of symbolism. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah, that, see, and this is this is what this is an ancient technology. This is when when I hear the word technology, people think iPhones and uh, you know Neuralink <laughs> stuff like that. But this is the technology that I believe the ancients used. This the stuff that made dynasties last three thousand or more years. Uh, I don't know. I I honestly feel. I guess I'm superstitious, but I feel like humans weren't designed to only live a hundred years and die. I think we just kind of depleted ourselves in a, in a lot of different ways to that point. Cause I'm one of those, I get pretty sappy about it, but I, I love the earth and I love life. And I think that there's some kind of divine plan to have everlasting life on earth or a better place or a utopia or whatever people can call me silly. But I honestly think that the, uh, and I keep repeating this, that consciousness or the universe is trying to perpetuate life and make sure that it protects it and keeps it thriving for some reason to keep becoming something greater. I mean, because we're already, in a sense, evolved, at least intelligently, 
uh, and morally, people don't believe that, but we actually have uh, over time. We're working you know? on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So it's trying to do something, right? Like the it would seem the way, that way. It's trying well, to create I mean, something. Yeah, coming coming to the earth, I think, is a, is quite is quite a gift. And uh, I mean, I can I can throw from my perspective, my experience, the the part of us that decides to come here to incarnate on the planet is um, is not human and gets very excited about the idea about uh, of being on this on this planet, which is not an easy planet to be on. There's a lot of suffering, as as we're all aware. Mm. but but the to experience the the exquisite nature that we have on this planet it's just astoundingly beautiful and to have these really dense physical experiences where where we can like we were talking before experience music and food and sex and all kinds of things that are are really um uh that's your top three (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that. Those are the things that I think. But no, I get what I you're saying. Like to me, sun, but, you, you um, got art, sunsets. You got all kinds of yeah. You got yeah. all kinds of cool I, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so it's it's a it's a really it's a really cool it's a really cool experience. Even though most of us, while we're in it, don't always feel like it's a cool experience because we're in the midst of a lot of suffering, and and would and would not like the idea maybe, or reject the idea that we chose to come here, especially under the circumstances that we chose to come here under. It'd be like, it's because it's all, like Saturday and Alive, Saturday Night Live, say, it's the devil. That's what made you do it, you know, and then you're going to die and go to heaven. That's what, anyways, that's what I was, or actually I was <laughs> brought up, you're going to die and go to hell if you don't straighten up. Um, <laughs> and so that was my point at the beginning of the opening of the show, is like when we're kids, man, when we're outside playing with each other, and just having fun, we start thinking about the future and what we're going to grow up and become. And we're, we Anything's welcome, possible. Yeah, yeah, we welcome change. We 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 like it. Uh, and time is so slow when you're that small. Remember how long a year was when you're that small? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's so slow, and then now it's like time. It goes really fast, and we want to get as much comfort as possible. We don't want nothing to change, and yet we wonder why. We're all upset because we don't, you're right. We, we, we should be like, okay. In any situation and be like, yeah, well, I, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm pretty sure I can handle myself. Like you were talking about earlier, you know? Right. And I, I think, I mean, I wonder if where we get tripped up is when we start, uh, when our, our brain, our, our ability to have abstract thought really starts to kick in. And we start developing a sense of self, usually around you know age six, seven, eight yeah. years old, and and uh, and then we start developing our our uh, cerebral side, our our cognitive side, and uh, that's <laughs> that's when things can get very complicated, uh, and we can we can uh, mess with ourselves. I blame it on the education huge... system, the government, and religion. <laughs> I blame it on, but. I blame it on all that stuff, man, because these, you put a kid in a school and they're like, well, you do this line up and why are you wearing those pants and don't do that. And you should do this. And, and, you know, you just came from sharpening a stick on a piece of concrete. Now you got to think about all this stuff that you're not good enough for somebody else or something. 
you know, society. It's not fair, is right. it? Nope. It's wrong. It's no, like, and yeah, we, I was waiting on the bus and I kind of sharpened the stick and made a spear out of it. That's really cool. And you get on the bus and next thing you know, it's Judgy McJudgy. And then you got, <laughs> you know, the radio coming on telling you how to live and everything. And then your parents riding you. And it's like, what happened, man? What? What is this? It's a trap, you know? And then you don't know what yep. to do. No, then you're screwed. Yeah. And then here we are, years later, complaining about it on the radio. <laughs> Right. It was like, I've got to do psychedelics or something. Take me back to that spot. Where <laughs> that I was. that childlike place. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and I think that's what happens when you get older. Uh, I don't even know if, like, say when you get older, because there's really a lot of uh, advanced, I would say, spiritually advanced young people, too, for sure. Um, but I think it's more about sometimes I wonder if we make uh, spirituality to be out like this, you know. 14th dimension in the realm of Zeta Reticuli place when it could just Ouch. be what well, you know what I'm saying but it could just yeah. be that, that stuff definitely exists right but it could just be just being who you are being that oh, kid. right I, kids kids are really good at like shamanic journeying it it just is natural I mean when you were a kid when you were pretending it was it was real right yeah for sure absolutely yeah yeah, and kids are really good at that. Just naturally, it's not until our we get into our heads that we get away from that. And that's what I find when I'm teaching people how to access these realms. That that's the the biggest challenge is getting out of your head, right? And that's true with the whole mindfulness movement is is trying to teach te- teach people to not get attached to their their thoughts. There are many, many, many thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's torturous. Damn brain. Yeah, I know. I remember watching Clockwork Orange, and that was the. Uh, have you ever seen that movie? Don't watch it if you, it, you seen it, didn't you? I, I've I've seen clips from it. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. Ah. I, I have movie amnesia. So the one thing that you can count on in life is that you can shut your eyes, right? Like even mm-hmm. if you saw the most horrific thing, you could be like, okay, I can shut my eyes and pretend it's not there. I can go to my happy place. Not in this movie. They hold your eyes open and force you to look at like pictures. You can't even shut your eyes. That's the scene I did see. Yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what it yeah, feels that's... like sometimes on this earth. Like you're just getting crap forced down in your consciousness, and you can't even hide from it sometimes. Uh, Damn, brother, that sounds like torture. It does, you know. And if you know why, because we don't go out in nature anymore. That's why. That's right. That's right. It's the the original lie we started telling ourselves many hundreds of years ago that we are separate from nature. Right on. Right on. You know what? We're already at the top of the hour. Look, we'll open the phones up too if you guys want to tell a story. We'll we'll get more into this a little deeper too. And then the phone number is one eight hundred five eight eight zero three three five. The website for reference is lucidpathwellness.com. We'll be right back. You guys stay with us. More lighting the void coming up.
Hey, this is No Way Jose, a Northern California Piscean stuck in the Arizona desert. I'm a void walker, and I got the shoes to prove it. So what do I do when my soul yearns to delve deep into the realm of the unknown? I aim my satellite straight into the night sky and catch a smooth ride on the KTLKDB radio waves. I tune into Lighting the Void with Joe Root on the French FM. Joe, Lighting the Void is the best show on the planet. This is Barney, your friend from Facebook. Thank you and all the crew for all you do. Namaste, my friend. This is Macon from the Foothills, North Carolina, and I am a board walker. G'day, board walkers. This is Lily from Down Under Australia. The world may be small, the enigma is great. So let your curiosity take you for a journey with Joe Root. Hey, this is V, coming in from Central Maryland, and I am a void walker. This is Kevin Darkerty, a beginner void walker. I'm from Vancouver, BC. I know a little about a lot, and you know, as Leonard Skinner said, I guess the rest. I learned a lot from uh, Mr. Root and the show. And I uh, heard it from the beginning. I knew right then he was going to be a new art bell. Thanks for all your uh, shows and keep it up. Hey, this is Derek from Mass, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, and I'm a void walker. This is Mark from Chicago, and I walk the void to ascertain what is consciousness. My name is Jared Johnson, and I'm from Humboldt County, California. I do not know all the answers to the questions about reality. I do not claim to know the ultimate truth about life. I seek that which has been made hidden as a part of a family of explorers of consciousness. I'm a void walker. Thanks, Jaru. What you believe might not be Step into the zone of the best unknown Jeremy Scott's Travel With Me Into the Paranormal. Live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM. This is Dan Lopez with Spiritual Warrior Today Radio. And when I'm battling demons, I listen to Lighting the Void with my man, Joe Root, right here on TheFringe.fm. suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience, even if it happened 20 years ago when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster or you suddenly can't breathe. Maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clinically described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. 
is that a new music app? Yeah, check it out. Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. My name is Alex Exum, and I host live talk here on The Fringe FM. If you're sick of hearing about COVID-19, I invite you to listen to my show, 7 p.m. Pacific, Tuesday nights, for a COVID-free zone. We will not be talking about the C word. We discuss news, society, and culture, but not COVID-19. Go listen to the other fear mongers if you want to hear that nonsense. Joseph Roop is your host. Pull back the blinds and uncover the truth. This is Lighting the Void Radio. This is the Rogie Report News on the Fringe FM. I'm Jess Rogie. The city of Portland, Oregon, banned the use of facial recognition technology. Portland joins a growing number of cities in the United States that have outlawed the use of surveillance technology. Artificial intelligence researchers and civil rights groups are worried about the accuracy and bias in facial recognition systems. The concern is the effectiveness of correctly recognizing people of color and women. Japan is joining in on UAP identification. The Japanese military has been given instructions to record and report sightings of unidentified aerial objects, which could pose a potential threat to the country's security. The Japanese Minister for Defense issued instructions following the U.S.'s DOD's founding of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. Every news report, I report on things I never thought I'd be reporting on. And today, it's autonomous ships. Testing has begun on an autonomous ship called the Mayflower. The solar-powered research boat will aim to cross the Atlantic next year with no humans aboard. The Mayflower will be officially unveiled on September 16th, the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower's departure. And during its transatlantic crossing, the supermodern ship will retrace the Mayflower's original route from Plymouth to Cape Cod. Modern technology helps find an ancient buried site. The U.S. is not typically known for ancient discoveries. However, a team of archaeologists flew high-tech drones over Kansas, revealing circular earthwork thought to be linked to a famous indigenous site known as Ensenoa. Located in present-day Arkansas City, Kansas, near the Arkansas River, the ancient circular-shaped ditch measured 50 meters wide and approximately 2 meters thick. 2020 has not only been an exciting year for UFO sightings, but also the sightings of the Loch Ness Monster. Recently, a tourist claimed he had spotted the Loch Ness Monster while on holiday with his family. This is the seventh official sighting this year. The tourist recorded the dark object near Point Claire on August 29th. And earlier this year, a fireman recorded the sixth sighting of the Loch Ness Monster. So maybe 2020 is not the year of the UFO, but the year of the Loch Ness. 
This is the Rogi Report News on the Fringe FM. I'm Jess Rogi. shamanism, energy healing, and we're going to get into the out-of-body experience, the astral travel, of course. That's our favorite subject on the show. So if you want to call in, it's 1-800-588-0335. That's always the call-in number. Lock it into your phone so you'd never forget that. And uh, it is going to be probably the number that you can use for a long time. I, I do want to say again that I appreciate everybody's patience as we make the transition into the new studio rack here so you might hear something that don't make sense but we're diligently working on it the app should be out by the end of the week the new fringe fm apps and uh yeah everything's coming along just fine we're also going to be on apple carplay and the new apps be on the lookout for them too because they're going to have some features that the old apps didn't have our old app was just kind of playing for the network it really didn't do much but this one is going to have a thing where you can leave recordings and shout outs. There's a, a chat room and push messaging interaction. So it's going to be all kinds of fun stuff. So, you know, technology is a good thing sometimes, right? So we're going to have that. Also, uh, if you used Alexa, you'll notice that the old one's going to disappear and then there's going to be a new one. We had to redo that too. Um, so, yeah. All right. Our guest tonight, Wendy Haley from lucidpathwellness.com, is here with us. Also, the host of a really cool podcast, Lucid Cafe Podcast. And we're going to get a little deeper into the second hour about consciousness. Again, thanks for coming on the broadcast. I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, me too. So why did you uh, get, get into this to begin with? You know, usually people start out 
the show like that. So did this start to happen when you was a child or what? But I usually really don't ask that question until I get answers like you've been giving me. Now I'm really curious about that. I want to know how, how, yeah, how, how it all you started. Get into it? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I did have these connections when I was a child. I had, um, I had invisible friends, um, and they ended up resurfacing after I started having visionary experiences. So I, it was back in 1998, way back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's hard to believe that was way back, right? But it is it's way back. I know it's kind of way back now. Now that we're, we live way in the future. Yeah. We're in, oh, yeah. Je- how, Jetson's well, any, territory. How old were you in 1998? Oh, shit. Wait, that's um, a bad question, isn't it? Sorry. Um, no, no, I'm, tra- I'm trying to remember. It was, what was I, 32? 32. No, okay. three? 33. 33. 33, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was 90, uh, 1998. I was uh, several years out of graduate school where I had studied clinical psychology, and I... Um, I, I had my first spontaneous visionary experience. Um, <laughs> it was a very trippy, trippy experience. It was a Saturday morning. I was, I was awakened by the sound of my, my neighbor. He was mowing, mowing his lawn. <laughs> and, and the thing that sucked about that is that it was, uh, when I, I opened my eyes and I have really bad eyesight. So I was just kind of squinting to see the numbers on the digital clock and it, it read, um, Oh, like seven fifty seven. I remember that. Uh-huh. And I was mad. I was pissed because there should be a law against mowing your lawn that early in the morning. You shouldn't be able to, to do uh, that. Clock? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a Saturday morning. So I could also hear his kids, uh, laughing and playing, and they were having a great time, but I was like determined to get back to sleep and take advantage of my, my, my Saturday morning. So I closed my eyes and, and I was, when I closed my eyes, I was looking out, out of the eyes of someone else. What? And yep. And, um, and this was a person I didn't know. She didn't seem familiar. She didn't feel familiar. She was, um, being escorted down this industrial like hallway it had uh, a lot of the you know like the linoleum flooring and the, the uh, fluorescent lights and uh, she I looked down and she's in shackles and she's wearing kind of like a like a hospital like uh, like scrubs almost and on either side of her she's being escorted by these guards and I have access to her thoughts and her feelings, well, some of her thoughts and, and her feelings. And I know at that, at that point that she's being escorted to um, her execution. I was just thinking that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and I looked down and I saw that she's, she's Caucasian and she's, she, I know she's really young. I can feel how young she is. And, um, and her hair was messy and um, kind of long. 
and uh, and then I was um, I can I could feel her fear, and but there was also I could feel that there was something wrong with her. Like emotionally, she felt really flat. Other than the fear, but she felt like um, kind of numb. I don't know. She, yeah, well, kind of, kind of numb, but also like some distance from her. Like she had a flat affect. Like maybe there was some uh, some mental health kind of issues with her. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And uh, and so I'm I'm having this experience, and and I'm thinking that, that my cog my, my my logical mind is kicking in and saying like, am am I dreaming? And then I would kind of check out of that experience and I would come back to my bedroom and like, and I'd hear the lawnmower and I'd hear the kids, the kids playing and I'd see the light from the sunlight coming in my, my bedroom window. And I'm like, no, I'm definitely awake. And then I would, I would close my eyes again and I would be a little bit farther along in linear time. And now I'm farther down the hallway and she's, she's uh, walking past this, there's a window that looks into another room and I see people in there and, um, and then I, I do the same thing. I, I'm like, what the hell? I, I actually, I accessed one of her memories and I saw her saying goodbye to somebody. Um, oh my gosh. and, and this person didn't look familiar to me, but you know how, when you're dreaming, your, your mind will morph a person's face into somebody familiar. I think so, so. Yeah. Yeah, he he became he beca- his face turned into the, a guy I knew at Kung Fu, and um and so it because it kind of looked like him, but it wasn't him. So I made him into Lloyd, <laughs> and so she's saying good. This guy is like really upset as he's saying goodbye to her because he knows it's the last time he's going to see her, and mm. um and she feels absolutely flat, like there's nothing there. It's really wild. And at, and at that point I pull back out again and just check and am I dreaming what this is? Cause it's just really strange. And, um, and then when I check back in again, she was being, um, I'm, I'm now in her, I'm in her body, but, uh, I'm, I'm sitting in a chair and her, her arms and her legs are being strapped down. And so it's going to be the electric chair that the way she dies. Is your heart speeding up at this time? Are you feeling really scared or what? Are you still feeling nothing? Well, I was I was just intrigued. I felt like kind of a vicarious hitchhiker in the whole experience. I was I was more intrigued than scared. Huh. I was also just kind of like curious, like what is what is this about? I've never had an experience like this before. <clears throat> so I mean, fast forward, I went through the whole death experience with her. And, um, and popped out like the moment the, the energy coursed, the electricity coursed through her body. Um, she popped out of the top of her head, her essence did. And I, I went with her. And so we're looking down and then I hear this really, really, um, uh, guttural sound. It was like, just didn't sound human come out of her, out of her body as it was dying. Whoa, like a almost like a monster's guttural sound, or it was just just some kind of reflexive like pain, I oh. guess, just as as this huge amount of energy or electricity, like I said, was going through her body. Yeah, it was crazy. And then uh, and then I look up and I'm I'm in this uh, in this 
vast place that's like bright darkness. And I, I remember saying to myself, did I just die? Oh, no. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. knew I physically didn't die, but I was just kind of, but I was, you know, being but a little. But you went on that ride with somebody that yeah, died. Yeah. yeah. I kind of went with her. And then I was like, okay, so where's that light? You're supposed to see a light, right? And in the moment I said that over on the left on this horizon was this really bright diamond of light and the, uh, and the edges made like a or the points of the diamond made a uh, sort of a line of on, on the horizon. And I knew that I couldn't go over there, but that she would, she would have to go over there. And, um, and then when I, uh, came back into my body after that, I, uh, couldn't move it. I, and that's when I got a little freaked out. I couldn't move my body. And so I would just sort of calm myself down and slowly moved a finger. And then I was like, okay, I got this. And then started moving the rest of my body eventually. Wow. When, I, when I looked at the clock, it was like, it was like eight Oh four. So all of this stuff had happened in this really short period of time. Wow. And that was my first, my first experience. And I, I didn't tell anybody about it <laughs> because Wait. is this the first time you talked about it? Oh no, no, I've talked, no, I've, talked about it i was just saying oh you didn't tell anybody time, about it then for sure oh no, no because i was like um, i was a licensed mental health clinician and pretty new <laughs> yeah. at it and and according to western psychological standards i was delusional i was seeing and hearing things that weren't there so of course i i, I only told my my now husband uh john about it and he thought it was cool but um <laughs> Why do you, I but, wonder what happened there? What, do you have a theory now based on what you know, what was going on? That, that one, I'm not quite sure about that first experience. I, I, I'm not quite sure why I had that particular experience. It's kind of a mystery. <clears throat> but after that, that's when you really started focusing on trying to figure out these realms no, or no, whatever. I, I just, no, I, I didn't, I didn't, t I just tucked that experience away and just wrote it off as a really cool kind of one time event. But then fast forward a few more months and I decided I wanted to teach some workshops and I was living in Denver while this was all going on mm -hmm. at the time. And I went to this, this center because they offered workshop space and I was going to see if I could rent it. And I said, what do you guys do here? And they said, Oh, we have a shaman. And, and very uncharacteristically, I said, sign me up for a session. <laughs> just just and, out of um, curiosity, right? Yeah. I just, I don't know. It just kind of, the words just came out of my mouth and, and I couldn't afford to see the shaman, but I, I went and had a session with her apprentice and, uh, was on her table and, uh, she started burning sage and then started rattling and I started, um, smelling hair burning. And, um, and then she did too, but there was no hair burning. And, um, and at that point my throat started to close up and, uh, I started having another visionary experience, but this time it felt very familiar. I, I knew the person <clears throat> that I was connecting with and, uh, it was, this one felt like, and I, I buy into the, the idea that we have, um, uh, many lifetimes. So reincarnation. So I was accessing a, 
uh, another life that I had lived. And this was a really unsavory guy that I, I, I'm not terribly proud of, <laughs> but he was a, <clears throat> a guy that you dated that you, turned out to be something you didn't like, or is that what you're saying? No, no, this was me. It was me. I oh. was this guy. Okay. In another okay. lifetime. I was, I wasn't, uh, but you're yeah, saying you knew who it was, right? So, yeah, it's familiar to me. Whereas the the woman and who was being um, gotcha okay. electrocuted didn't seem familiar to me at all. I didn't have any connection to her. But this guy, I was like, oh, damn. Okay. <clears throat> what did he do? Can you tell me? Like, what? Anything? Yeah, he was he was hiding, and so I was in his body now, um, going through his experience, reliving this experience, and he was hiding. It was nighttime. And he was hiding in the shadow behind this large rock. And there were um, guards coming after him and, because he had done something. And then I accessed his memories. And and what I found out is that he had – and I didn't know that cats were revered in ancient Egypt. And what he had done is he had uh, killed a cat and drank its blood to try to be immortal. Oh, my God. I know. And so, um, he's a scrawny, scrawny guy. He was, uh, apparently large ego. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and the guards caught him and brought him out into deeper into the desert and, and we're talking to him about like, well, you, you want to be, you want to be, uh, treated like royalty. All right. We're going to give you the burial of a King. And they, they dug a shallow grave and they, um, Whoa. They stuck a, they stuck a scarab in his throat, and then I started choking again. Just oh my god! <laughs> so at that, like were the you feeling this time scared, or were you still just curious? Yeah, well, when my throat was closing up, yeah, because I was having a really difficult time breathing in the physical realm. It, my body was like my body was reacting as if it was happening, and um. Um, but I got through that. But here's here's a little interesting side note is that for years and years and years, I've had a recurring or I, at that time I'd had a recurring dream of choking where I would wake up maybe three, three times a week with my hands in my mouth trying to dislodge some item that I Man. dreamed I was choking. And and it would like I would wake up and every single time I felt like it was real, like I was actually choking. Wow. OK. And, to kind of talk myself out of it like all right and then so i have this this visionary experience where i'm i'm choking again and um and then he dies and I go through that death experience with him and then the next time i went i was on this apprentice's table the same thing happened only this time it was a different person and this time i was a young uh slave girl in the south all right so let's let's I want to hear this story, but let's take this phone caller and, oh my God, oh, okay. this is insane. Okay. Uh, three zero one, you're on the air with, uh, Wendy Halley. Who are we speaking with? That's you. Who are we speaking with? Three zero one area code. You're on the air. Going once. I guess, oh, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they can hear me. Hold on. I think you're trying to talk, but it's not coming through, but I'm, I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you there? All right. Anyway, so you're, I'll let them go. So you're on the, you're an apprentice of a, tell me, start with that one again. 
I was I was having a session with the shamanic apprentice, the shaman's okay. apprentice. All right. And I was on her table again and she started rattling and drumming and stuff. And I started going into another visionary experience. And this time I was in the body of a young slave girl in the South. And, um, I was, I, I was playing, I was chasing a cat through the house where we were slaves. Um, and this cat jumped up, went, went through one room into another kind of formal dining room, jumped up onto a, uh, a table that had a lantern on it and the, knocked the lantern over, the kerosene spilled, and then flames went up these really heavy drapes. And then the room just quickly went up into flames and smoke filled the room. And then I started choking again. My throat closed up from the smoke inhalation. And so um, I uh, ended up going through the death experience with her as well. And so the interesting thing was the common theme there is the cat. And so I took the cat's life in that first lifetime that I had the experience with. And then the cat took my life after that. What in the way? So did you figure this out? So, or okay. So you're going through these past lives. We got choking, stabbings, and cats, right? Um, did the cat, I, I'm wondering if the cat turned out to be a symbolism. I guess I'm, or, or what's going on here? Did you ever figure this out? Well, I, the only thing I could make out is that it's kind of, it was my understanding of like a karmic experience where, where I got to be on both sides of an experience. Okay. So I, yeah, I took the life of the cat and then the cat took my life. Wow. Wow. And you died by a cat. That's crazy. Okay. I know. So you keep having these experiences. Huh. Yeah, I was just just having them spontaneously, and I never connected any of these experiences with a call to be on a shamanic path. It wasn't until later um, that I, I that a couple. Well, I started shutting. I started studying with the shaman at that place, but it, um, and I seem to have a knack for being able to get into the altered state pretty easily. But I didn't study with her for very long. And then, uh, and then some time went by, and I I ended up studying with this this uh, man named Hank Wesselman, which is where I learned all the Hawaiian uh, and Polynesian mysticism and healing techniques. Mm-hmm. And and it, when I worked with Hank, then I was able to make sense of those earlier experiences and put everything into perspective, and kind of understand like, oh, that was probably my call to do this work. Um, but was what was interesting is that. I actually dreamed of Hank before I met him, a nighttime dream, um, which, which, uh, which was a really cool, a cool experience. So when, when I, when I first met him and he stood up and took his glasses off, I was like, oh man, that's the dude in my dream. That was the guy. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Now, um, what do you, what does it mean? Just out of curiosity, what do you think it means when you see things in your dreams like hooded hooded beings? Not beings, but like just hooded people that are wearing hoods. I've had dreams, and other people I know have had dreams. Two other people I know have had dreams of them wearing like brown hoods uh, and cloaks and talking to other people that are wearing them. And it's like, 
I don't know if my, if it's the mind. It can't be just the mind because it was such a coincidence when I, I talked to one person uh, about it and then like two weeks later another one says something about it and then I remember having a dream about it and we're all in each other's life in some form or fashion too. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, I would take it from the, the symbolic. What is What does that symbol represent to you? Like, what do you think of when you think of these hooded beings? I don't know. I think of like um, some type of uh, tribe, brotherhood, society, or I don't know, sometimes, something like that. Or, or sometimes I feel like uh, there's some type of higher secret almost that they're trying to uh, figure out or something. I don't know. That's what I feel when I think about it. But Okay. Well, maybe that's what it represents then is just your, your desire to learn these higher secrets, your desire to, to feel a community or a connection with people who are doing the same thing, maybe something along those lines. Really? Cool. I don't know. Could be. Now, you, you would be the best one to decide, but those are just my quick thoughts. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, you know, I figured that since you had all these experiences that you might just be an expert <laughs> shaman and know everything about it, all of it. Right. So, well, whatever. I mean, the whole idea is that like you are the best interpreter of those experiences, mm -hmm. right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and, and then it's about learning the language of symbolism. What do these symbols represent to you? I mean, there's, you can use the archetypes. There's, you know, archetypal meanings behind, behind a lot of symbols mm -hmm. and you can start there. Um, but, but when you start look. Uh, if you start studying shamanism and getting to know this terrain in the dream time, then you can start talking directly to the symbols and ask them what they mean. Yeah. Like you yeah. can go to the hooded guy and say, who are you? Yeah. Okay. We'll do that next time. Actually look, uh, we're, man, we're almost all, almost through this. All right. Shortest break of the night. We'll be right back. I promise. Shortest one. You are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, where you can catch The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable five nights a week after Lighting the Void with Joe Rube. The Fringe FM isn't just a radio station. We also provide services for all your audio production needs. If you are interested in live radio or pre-recorded podcasts, we're here to help. We even do audio enhancements and voiceovers if needed. If you want to do a podcast or live radio show and even want the option to syndicate on terrestrial radio from simple audio file enhancement to live production and call screening, we have you covered. We have worked with some of the best professionals in the business in order to provide coaching instruction for content creation, show structure, and more. Contact The Fringe Digital Media for more at info at thefringe.fm. That's info at thefringe.fm. Or call 501-777-5631 for a consultation. This is Jason Lindgren from Crow 777 Radio, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. I'm Clyde Lewis. You are listening to The Fringe FM. Please listen. Now is not the time to fear 
When your immune system is strong, shields up. You have very little worries. If your immune system is compromised, you're susceptible to all viruses. I say shields up and no fear. Try Heart Love from GetTheTea.com. Heart Love has a special ingredient called allicin. It comes from the healing part of the garlic plant. No garlic breath. No garlic leaking out your pores. Just pure immune building ingredients that gets your shields up. Heart Love is a unique blend of herbs that loves to build you up. Google garlic and know the benefits. One Heart Love pill is equal to 20 cloves of garlic. 20 cloves. Shields up. You've heard of our life change cleansing tea at getthetea.com. Now try Heart Love. And by the way, take your blood pressure and watch weekly what happens. So here's how to purchase. Log on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. And build your shields. That's getthetea.com. Mention Ray in the coupon code and hit apply and receive free shipping. Astral travel, magic, mysticism, and manifestation. What used to be heresy should be understood as our birthright. These are some of the topics we discuss on Lighting the Void, where we take you deep into the unknown. There are guest interviews, live on-screen calls, and me, Joe Root. Come join our family of explorers of consciousness weeknights at 9 p.m. Pacific time to 11, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. just a little bit of acid and you have a bunch of people the next thing you know you'll turn into a human wave i don't know if you've ever experienced that our guest uh wendy Halley. you haven't been to a rave party have you i have not actually it's fun but i we bet don't it's fun get to do that stuff anymore because you know the way things are right now however yeah. uh for a shaman i would think that the way things are right now it's probably pretty good because you can still go out in nature. You can still uh, go inside yourself and do all these different things. Um, we've been trying to do that with the patrons. Uh, we have a astral travel group where we do, <clears throat> we kind of went back to the Bob Monroe thing and uh, started with that. I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Monroe, but he saw hooded figures too in his uh, like second and third book. But he, what he found out was, and that's what we were talking about before the break, but what he found out was is that those hooded figures that came through and assisted him uh, were just him, like like his uh, future self or, or higher self or something, assisting him. Isn't that weird? No, it sounds good. It sounds makes right. Sense. Yeah, compared yeah, to your story, exactly. doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So. My strange story. <laughs> Now, with these past life things, how did it progress from there, though? So you had, like, all these past life experiences where you, I mean, you went through an electric chair, you got stabbed with a scarab in the throat. That's what you said, right? No, it got shoved in my throat. It got shoved in your throat. Okay. Yeah. A scarab beetle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) God, that's crazy. And you felt all of that, too, didn't you? Yeah. It was... Uh. was, uh, yeah, it felt pretty real. 
<laughs> and I was giving blow by blows to the apprentice as, as they were happening. I was just kind of telling her, reporting what I was seeing in my mind's eye. <clears throat> and then death by cat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, nuts. it could be worse, right? Uh, you know, like <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, look at raining, the bright yeah. side. Uh, you, you could be like this woman. And, uh, I don't know if you heard about that woman in Michigan. They found her like still breathing. She was 20 years old and they, uh, zipped her up pretty much. Oh, in the morgue. Yeah. I put did. her in the morgue and she woke yeah. up. Yeah. That's a, that's a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't explain it to how. How does somebody stop breathing? You're, you don't you don't get any vitals from them, and two hours later they wake up like, yeah. I don't think science. I like I, I love science, but there's something that they're missing there because that's hap that's happened and not quite a few times, but I'd say once every six years somebody wakes up in a body bag going, "What the hell?" You know? Like, no, I've know. definitely heard stories like that. It's um, it's unsettling for sure. Yeah, but we don't ever think. I don't know why I'm taking a dark turn here, but we don't ever think that that would happen to us, do we? No, nah, I'm special. That wouldn't happen to me. Um, it probably won't happen to you. Probably. Probability says that it won't, and I'm going to hope that it doesn't, and I don't want to go down that dark road. Speaking of which, why do I go down the dark road? That's well, a, You know what we'll do next time? I want to continue with this. Next time I'll talk to you about the dark stuff, because I know you want to talk about that too, don't you? I love talking about the dark stuff. Yeah, I do. We'll I do. I, I, I think that would be great. My perspective is probably a little different than, than a lot of other people's perspective on all of that. So be cool to talk about it. Yeah. Well, maybe we can get to the, to how you got into, so after that, you really got into this, the shamanism. I would be sold too at that point for sure. Yeah. Well, I, it was, it was, but like I said, it was all kind of accidental um, I mean, it was not intentional. I didn't, um, I was just, I had read, um, Hank's books. I was really intrigued by them, Hank Wesselman's books. And, um, I highly recommend them, uh, to the listeners out there. If you haven't read them, the spirit Walker trilogy, they're all about his spontaneous visionary experiences. Um, and, and he ends up in the body of someone in the future, one of his descendants, and, um, and he, he suspects it's like 5,000 years in the future. So you get a kind of a glimpse of a possible future of, uh, on planet earth, which doesn't look too promising. What did it look? Oh man, I'm going to have to read it. <laughs> no, it's a really, it's a really cool, cool read. Um, no, it's just, there's not a lot of people. Night stalker. You got to call in when, what is that? A safety coffin. He's, he's. So he dropped a picture uh, after I was talking about being buried alive. Night Stalker uh -huh. drops a picture in the chat room of uh, a guy in a coffin with a rope, I guess. I guess he's calling it a safety coffin. Just in case you wake up, you can yank on that rope and it opens oh, the coffin. Oh, there's probably a bell. There's yeah, a there's bell something. on the end so you could get somebody's attention. They used to do that back in back in the olden times okay. because they, they did bury people alive by accident quite frequently, I guess. Yeah, because we didn't really have modern medicine. Like, is that a weak pulse? I don't know. What, what's a pulse? Eh, just bury him. You know, he'll Looks wake dead up. Me. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so the dark stuff. Here's the thing. Here's what I want to ask you. I think you might be able to help me with this. 
So when I started, I got into this doing the out-of-body experience stuff. I just got through telling you about Robert Monroe, all that. I actually had right. a, a real kind of local out-of-body experience where I saw myself sleeping, etc. It was real-time, unlike any other dream I've ever had, ever. It wasn't a dream. It just wasn't. Um, right. The next time I tried that, I got halfway out. My legs were still stuck, and these little black, blobby, Warshak-looking things, and they just kind of came down and pushed me back in my body. Now, what I'll tell you is, is that I was in some kind of weird state of mind, trying to get out, very frustrated, almost as if I was banging my head against a coffin door, trying to get out. And then I realized, well, I'm powerful for some reason. I just told myself, I'm powerful, I can get out. So I said, uh, I command you to release me by life and light. And I don't know why I even said that. It did, what didn't even go through my brain before I said it. And then I started coming out, and I got out halfway. My legs were stuck, and then these little black blobby things just pushed me back in. All of this happened in about 10 seconds. Probably less than that. Okay. Uh, what, if that happened to you, what would you think? Was, was going on the black blobby things huh they just um, i mean it happened so quick they were just like almost uh transparent not totally transparent what is that translucent shadows uh that had no form or they just i didn't even really feel them shove me it's almost like they just attacked me really fast like and then i'm back in my body it was really weird huh well, I mean, I mean, what I would do if something like that happened to me is I would probably go and investigate it. I would, I would go back into, I would go into a shamanic trance state and go back to the experience and go and and communicate with those blobby things to see what they're all about, see what they, what they represent. And you, okay, so you're, so you can re-enter dream states or re re-enter, go back go back to t- different experiences and, and, uh, yeah, like re-enter dreams or have, experiences. Have you had an out-of-body experience or you consider them the same thing? Um, not like, I, I haven't had one like that, like a traditional where you're in like right up above your body, looking down at your body or I haven't had that kind of a, of an experience. Okay. Well, you've yeah. still had some pretty profound ones, though. Um, you know, I would say looking through someone yep. else's eyes during an execution, uh, and yeah, all of the stuff <laughs> yeah. you went through, that, was, that is so Yeah, a lot intense. of death experiences. Very trippy. All of these um, books it, you wrote to him, uh, go ahead. I was, I was jumping quick, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, that, that the, um, I was just going to say that book, uh, Slaying the Mouse, is, is it, the whole book is a whole is a collection of my shamanic experiences connecting with a, a young man who was in a coma and it's over like a nine month period. And so my, uh, kind of trying to help him make sense of his experience. And, um, it's very, uh, it was a really powerful experience for me because I, I was pretty green as a shamanic apprentice. It was back in 2003 and, um, and I learned 
a whole bunch. Like one of the biggest things I learned was the difference between healing and curing. And, uh, yeah, this, this poor guy who was, um, he just mysteriously slipped into a deep coma and oh. they didn't know why that they never figured out why he slipped into that coma. Well, I, but, I just dropped the audio book and the link to the audio book in the chat room. If you guys want to check that out, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's trippy. And there's a whole bunch of really cool coincidental experiences that happened in there. And it was, it was, uh, it was really, uh, just a, uh, really powerful experience. That's, I mean, I keep saying that, but so most of the narrative takes place in the dream time. So you, it's like you're you're hanging out with me and my spirit helpers, uh-huh. and then there are the actual email messages from his family, letting you know what's happening in physical reality, sprinkled throughout the uh, the narrative. Whoa. Okay. So was he? Um, and forgive me because I'm a little lost here. Was he stuck? there trying to get out of the because the way i'm looking at this uh on the cover it shows like a a man in front of a labyrinth and it made me think about that that uh movie i don't know what it's called not afterlife but waking life where the guy keeps waking up in a dream and he's like man i don't i might be dead or something i don't know if you've ever seen that but it's fascinating no i i saw it a long time ago um, but yeah, it's, it's, he was kind of in this in-between state where he was not, not physically, well, he wasn't in the physical world, but he was, he was not, he didn't quite know where he was. He was really confused. He didn't know what was happening to him. And, uh, and it turned out he, he had this tremendous fear and that's what was kind of keeping him in this limbo state. And it's not until he slays the mouse <laughs> that he he uh, is able to heal that fear and then move on from there. That's interesting. I gotta I gotta get this book now. I'm a big uh, audiobook fan here too. And and you know what? I was just about to ask you. I was like, hey, do you got some beats that we could listen to and have these experiences? And you sure do. You got them right there on your website. Binaural beats for shamanic journeying. Uh, the shamanic drum beat. Um, and your books, other the slaying the mouse, the magical path, uh, and you did a children's book too. That's really cool. Yeah, that was my first book. That one's all about remembering that you have a shiny spirit living in your heart. <laughs> oh, I was just talking yeah. about that the other day with a really good friend of mine, uh, because she does such a good art, and I was like, you know what, you ought to do a children's book. And I, I was thinking, that's actually something that does make a difference, right? Teach them a story like that, something that will stay with them. Because uh, you know they're going to grow up. That's certainly the hope, yeah. Yeah, because you, you know they're going to grow up and, and have to deal with a man eventually. So maybe they'll remember that <laughs> that story. Yeah, that was certainly the hope when I wrote it. And that then, was one of that was. That was one of those stories that just kind of fell out of the sky. It was a really, it was the quickest writing I've ever done. It was crazy. Yeah, it's really cool, though. I think that's amazing that you did that, actually. Uh, so how did you get into the podcasting? Tell me about that, your podcast. 
What made you jump well, into doing that? It, it's kind of like a full circle thing. When I was an undergraduate at the University of Arizona, I worked at um, in, one of my majors was uh, media arts. So it was video and print journalism. So I, I learned how to how to run audio, how to run camera, direct television, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And um, and I, I got far away from it. And then I the whole pad, uh, podcast world broke open and took off. And I thought, yeah, I, I, I wanted to be able to do something um, for folks that was free you know, to be able yeah. to offer a service that was, that they, that people didn't have to pay for. Right. And, um, and so I got to, to lean on those, like br- brush off those old skills and, uh, and bring them into the 21st century where everything's digital. Back when I was learning, it was, <laughs> it wasn't, it was, it wasn't digital. Did you have the tape that you had to cut yeah. using on audio yeah. and stuff? I was watching exactly. Phil Hendry do that. That's funny. That's cool. Yeah. Looking, though. Old school. Yep. Well, so how do you think I'm doing then? If you went to school for it, am I doing all right? I think you're doing a great job, Joe. Really? Self-taught. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's what we're all kind of doing anyway. Like I taught myself how to, how to edit audio in a digital platform. That's Uh a, that's totally new world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a really good podcast. Actually. Uh, You guys should check it out. Subscribe to it. Thank you. Um, you try to do like what one show a week or one show a month or how do you do it? <laughs> yeah, I end up doing, I, I drop an episode like once every three weeks and, and I'm so busy Yeah. at the wellness center, man. I, I, I don't, I wish I could do more cause I really enjoy doing it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm on a break now. I'll be starting uh, season three in October. Probably I'll be starting to drop episodes again. Oh, that's, that's cool. Well, listen, I'm glad you came on the broadcast. I think we should do it again, but you know what? Now that we got like a few minutes here, maybe we could do this again and you could like tease people about it. Cause I, I do want to talk to you about the dark side. <clears throat> you said that you have a different terp- interpretation of it. What it, can you break that down in a couple of sentences maybe, or just tell me? Uh, what yeah. I, well, yeah. so I've investigated. I, I, I've done a lot of what, what, I, what I, Hank would call shamanic field work, where you go out into the dream time and you explore because it's vast. There's so many places you can go and, and so many things you can explore. So one of the, the questions I asked was about evil. Mm-hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to understand the nature of evil. And, um, and I have yet to... I have not seen any evidence that there is an evil force out there. Really? I have, yes, I have not seen any evidence of it. I have seen, though, that there is, I mean, humans can be really crazy evil to each other. That, that, that's where I've seen evidence of evil. But as far as an external source of evil, I have not seen any evidence of it. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but... Uh, I've looked and I've, I've asked, I've asked, uh, to help me understand that. And, you know, and I've had uh, it, what I've come to discover is that it really seems to be getting back to the beginning of our conversation about perception. If, if, if you have a framework, um, 
where you believe evil exists, then that's the, that's the filter you're going to run your experiences through. Yeah. It makes you wonder about the collective too. The fact that we all believe something, therefore it exists. So are we actually creating these realities? Uh, I don't Rupert children. it that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Cause bad shit's going to happen. So it's, it's, I don't know. Well, I mean, what, what do you think of that as far as a tease goes? That's a pretty good one because most people are going to be like, what? Most people that yeah. listen to this, like, there's no evil. Well, in the spirit well, not, realms. Not that, there's, there's dark and there's light. That's what I was shown. There's dark and there's light in the physical universe. It's, it's, um, and, and the, uh, and the, and the dreaming of the physical universe, there's dark and there's light, but uh -huh. I haven't seen other than humans. Well, we got to do, you know what? Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, uh, Skeptico podcast, but I did a show called the nature of evil with him. He wrote a book about it. Um, the host. And for some reason, Alex Sakaris, I almost forgot his name as a buddy of mine too. And, uh, we had, we had a long discussion about that because some people say what's perception or this or that, but he was genuinely curious about it. Like you were, but to be able to explore it in the, uh, in the spirit realms, that's something else too. That's something else entirely. Like you were trying to find out, does the evil like have a spiritual, an actual like metaphysical or spiritual or conscious nature to it before it exists yeah. in the physical world? Yep. That's what I was looking for. Wow. All right. Well, well you what, know did what? You, what did your, what did your buddy find out? Well, he believes that it's, he's kind of the opposite. He totally believes that it's real. Uh, you did have to go back and listen to all of it, but that there is some kind of agenda to downplay that there's no evil. And it's just <laughs> kind of what you're saying, like perception, but I don't think <laughs> but the was, opposite. Yeah. I don't think he was, I don't think he took any trips to the spirit realm. Although I haven't read the book all the way yet. So I don't know yet. It's a good discussion to have, especially around these times when everything gets all spooky. Right. So yeah, uh, no, we maybe, haven't even talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can get Pacho, we can have you back on if you can handle the late night again. Can you handle that? <laughs> well, you're, you're, uh, East Coast time now too. You're right in the next state. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I'm in Vermont. Vermont. Cool. Well, listen, I, I do got to get out of here because the next broadcast is coming up. I really do appreciate you coming on the, the show. It was a fantastic discussion. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Joe. I really, really had a good time. Thank you. You're very welcome. And you guys, look, go check it out, lucidpathwellness.com. Also, go check out the podcast, Lucid Cafe. Uh, it's really good. And you know how you guys know how picky I am about shows and podcasts and stuff. And please don't copy the show without written permission. Music is by Chronics and Steezy. Stevie, thanks to Pato and the patrons. Gotta go. See you tomorrow night. Friday night, open lines. Good night.